Wine Food Talk, NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. Every year at the Napa Valley Film Festival, there are often documentaries that take us into sometimes wonderful and sometimes terrifying aspects of real life. And then sometimes we see in the realm of narrative features stories that are drawn from today's headlines. This year, the film Ask for Jane might very well be called not only from the headlines of the past, but frighteningly enough from headlines in the future. We're going to talk about Ask for Jane today with one of the stars of that film, Kate Cortlio, and it is my pleasure to welcome Kate here to the program. Kate, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about the story, the real-life story that's behind Ask for Jane. Absolutely. Um, So Ask for Jane is based on this incredible true story of the Jane Collective. Uh, They were this group of women in Chicago in the late 1960s, and they began an abortion referral service. Abortion was illegal at the time, um, and women were dying from trying to take matters into their own hands. So these women would connect people who needed one with an abortion doctor. Then they found out one of their doctors was just a con man without a medical license, and they persuaded him to teach them the procedure, and they started performing abortions themselves and ultimately helped over 11,000 women uh, before Roe versus Wade was passed. And it's incredible because they had no casualties. They provided incredible service and were helpful and kind to the women and treated them like human beings and not just as patients. Um, It's a remarkable piece of women's history. Talk a little bit about how you became involved with this, because I mentioned that you're you're in the film, but you're also one of its creators and producers. That's correct. Um, So I first learned of the Jane Collective when I went to see a screening of a documentary called She's Beautiful When She's Angry, um, hosted by the New York Women in Film and Television. And it was a doc just about the history of feminism and women's liberation. And there were two minutes in the film that touched on the Jane Collective. And I thought it was the most incredible thing I'd never heard of. So I went home that very evening and I started researching it. And I don't really have the writing bug so much, but I wrote out a treatment that night. I just knew it would make an incredible feature film. And then the next day I went to a writer friend of mine who I admire very much from a theater company. We're part of the shelter. And I asked if she would write the script and she said yes. And we sort of embarked on a journey from there. And tell us a little bit about the journey itself. This is not arguably easy material to get turned into a film. Well, it's funny because the content is controversial, but it's also, it sparks a chord in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So my co-producer, Josh Fullen, said that it wasn't supposed to be this easy because so many people (laughs) were so enthusiastic and wanted to help and wanted to bring this story to life from our financer and executive producers to the cast themselves. Everyone just wanted to jump in and help. And talk a little bit about the women that were part of the collective back then and the degree to which you were able to learn from them and, and really get firsthand information about what transpired. Of course. We got incredibly lucky. One of the actual members of the Jane Collective, uh, Judith Arcana, uh, reached out to us and ended up becoming our consulting producer. She flew in from Portland and makes a cameo in the film, So when Rachel and I were working on early drafts of the script, we would send it to Judith and say, what do you think of this? And she would say, well, this is great. This, I think, needs some tweaking. It wouldn't have happened like this. And ultimately, I think one of the most rewarding feedback that we received upon finishing the film and sending it to Judith was that 
while it's not exactly what happened, it's not a documentary, it's a narrative film right. and characters were conflated for ease of understanding. But she said, it's, it's still true. Like, this is what it felt like when we were there. This is what the experience was. You really captured it. And that was, I think, one of the most exciting things to hear. Especially given how sensitive this stuff is with respect mm-hmm. to, as you say, combining real life with, with it being a narrative feature. That's always risky business for the people that were really there. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that and, and how they responded to, to the film once they saw it. How many people that were part of it have gotten to see the film? Uh, so far, just Judith, as oh. far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she really loved it, and she's been incredibly supportive through the whole process. To what extent were you aware in, in making this film that it was both historical in this period of 1969 to 1973, but also very contemporary, given the issues that we face today? Well, it's funny, because when I first began working on this, it was in May of 2016. It was before the election. I personally thought we'd be living in a very different political climate now in 2018. And then we started shooting after Trump had been elected and there was a new urgency that everyone sort of felt around making it. And now we had our world premiere at the Hamptons International Film Festival a few weeks ago, the day after Kavanaugh was nominated to the Supreme Court. So its its relevancy is unprecedented. And I just hope that it can do some good in this world and maybe open some minds and change them, open hearts, because I think... In times of political turmoil, which it feels like this definitely is, I think art has the power to do that. Tell us a little bit about who directed the film and a little bit about some of the other cast members. Sure. Rachel Carey directed the film. She also wrote it. Um, she's brilliant. She's a friend of mine from a theater company called The Shelter. Um, this is her first feature film. It's also my first feature film producing. So it was a lot of firsts for us. And we got some incredible cast thanks to our casting director, Eve Battaglia. So we have Cody Horn, uh, who people might know from Magic Mike. The woman who plays my mother is Allison Wright, who was actually nominated for an Emmy for her work on The Americans while she was on set with us shooting. So that was a good celebration. Um, We have Sarah Ramos from Parenthood and Midnight Texas and Sarah Steele from The Good Wife. Uh, Chloe Levine from Marvel, The Defenders. Ben Rappaport from For the People, uh, Seikon Senglo, who was nominated for Tony. Um, We just have a really incredible cast. It was an honor to work with them. And is this the beginning of a whole second career for you? Are there other films that you want to produce, other things that you want to do behind the camera? (laughs) Well, acting is my first love, for sure. Uh, Producing is sort of a means to an end because it just was a story that I had to tell and wanted to share with people. So if and when another story like that comes along, I'll I'll absolutely produce it just to make it happen. You say it was easy to get the film made. Give us a little sense of of how long it took and a little bit about what the process was like of getting the funding together and and getting the film made. (laughs) Well, maybe I shouldn't have said it didn't seem easy to me. (laughs) It was the hardest thing I've ever done, hands down. (laughs) But... um, When I was initially fundraising, I reached out to a lot of circles. I volunteer with Planned Parenthood and have for many years. So I reached out to networks there, and it was through someone there that we were connected with Judith Arcana. Uh, And I also reached out to my circles with the New York Women in Film and Television. And one of those women who was interested was Caroline Hirsch, who is the founder and owner of Caroline's on Broadway, which is a comedy club. Mm -hmm. 
So I knew it was maybe a stretch to reach out to her, but she's a lifelong feminist and she's such a powerful, incredible woman. So I took a, a shot in the dark and she was interested and we sat down together and had this great hour long conversation about feminism and abortion access and the time period because she lived through it and was really passionate about it. And at the end of the meeting, she said that she wanted to produce and she came on board. So it was kind of easy. <laughs> the whole process was so fast because uh, we we were aiming to submit to Sundance. So we had a deadline we were working with. So from concept, which was May of 2016, we were shooting in, uh, what would that be, 15 months? We were shooting oh. the next summer. And then we had a final cut done by spring of this year. And there's still a few little music things that we might swap out. But overall, for film, that's unbelievably fast. But an important and, and powerful subject. Finally, talk a little bit about what you've seen. You mentioned that, that the film has had its world premiere. About audience reaction to it. It's been incredible. Um, my favorite is uh, we screened in Woodstock the week after the Hamptons. And there's this uh, really climactic point at the end of the movie, uh, which I don't mind saying because it mirrors real life. Um, there's a court case scene um, and the members of Jane are acquitted and the audience applauded. They mm. applauded during the film and they stood up at the end to give us a standing ovation. I just was so touched at how it resonated with people. And then we had a Q&A afterwards. And there weren't a lot of cues. It was mainly just people telling their own personal stories about abortions that they had had pre-Roe versus Wade and how important they thought this movie was, or just talking about how much they loved it and how they think it should be shown in every school. Talk a little bit about what you knew about that period, about 1969 to 1973. Before working on the movie, I really didn't know much. I knew that abortion was illegal. I knew that Roe versus Wade was a turning point in the history of abortion access in our country. Um, but I didn't know about the Jane Collective, which is why I wanted to make the film, because I'm a lifelong feminist. I went to Barnard College. I'm the third generation of women in my family to volunteer with Planned Parenthood. I've lobbied with the National Institute for Reproductive Health. And so I thought, if I haven't heard of this story, how many other people haven't? Right. And I even um, there is a documentary about the Jane Collective. And Planned Parenthood recently had a screening of it, and then they showed the trailer of Ask for Jane beforehand. And I went to talk with people after, and in this room of fellow volunteers and activists, most of them hadn't heard of it. And of those who had heard of the Janes, they didn't know that they were performing abortions themselves. I just think it's stunning how there's giant swaths of women's history that's effectively been erased because we don't tell it and we don't teach it. Well, well, we'll get to see it in the film Ask for Jane, which is screening at the Napa Valley Film Festival coming up in just a couple of weeks. It's producer, star, Kate Cortleo. Kate, I thank you so much for spending some time with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And if I might just add one thing about the film. Sure. I think it's exciting that it's ultimately a hopeful and active story. It's not one of those depressing, dark plotting dramas that you sometimes see when you're talking about abortions. It's it's really a hopeful, active story about women helping each other when society won't. Kate Cortleo, thank you so much. Thanks so much. Local Voices, Local Conversations, NapaBroadcasting.com.